Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Put Cancer Behind You podcast, a series dedicated to helping cancer patients and survivors lead healthy, happy, cancer-free lives. I'm your host, Maria Barnes. My guest for this episode is Patricia Griffin, a psychologist who uses the tenets of A Course in Miracles to help patients create the fulfilling lives they want to live. Thanks for being with me today, Patricia. Thank you, Maria. Patricia, with a PhD in clinical psychology, you've had a long and varied career providing mental health treatments for everything from depression and anxiety to addiction and chronic disease. What populations have you served over the years, and what drew you onto this path? I've worked with a lot of different populations over the over time. In the beginning, I worked with the victims. I investigated child abuse and neglect, domestic violence, all that. And then uh, little by little, and then I, at some point I started working in the prison system. And I also worked with schizophrenics and, uh, and also some long-term care, formerly known as nursing homes. And in each, each of them, I would, uh, there were a lot of health involvement, their health conditions affecting their health, affecting their depression or anxiety, both in the prison and the nursing homes and the people that couldn't live independently due to schizophrenic, they were also had a dual health diagnosis. I've always been interested in health. I was diagnosed with diabetes, insulin dependent over 42 years ago. And at the time I was diagnosed, I was told that I would be blind in 13 years and on dialysis. And I did not accept that. I got very involved in alternative and how our mind affects our health. And then I sought to address the area of adjusting to chronic illness. And it comes up a lot with dealing with people, whether they have cancer, have had cancer, or other health issues, because our emotions have a big effect on our immune system and our recovery. Absolutely. Now, I know that you're also a longtime student of A Course in Miracles. And for listeners who are not familiar with the course, it's a spiritual self-study that's uh, designed to teach people how to heal through the practice of what I call uh, quantum forgiveness. So let's talk about how studying the course has helped you with patients. When I first meet a patient, the intake, I ask them if they believe in anything besides the normal other questions, because I find people who have faith in something outside of themselves, even if it's AA and they believe in the higher power of the group, or people who believe in God or whatever, I find people with faith in something outside of themselves feel less alone and they, they do better. They catch, they're more able to catch the ball and run with it and deal with deeper issues that have a direct effect on their health and their happiness. So I guess I have to ask why you use The Course in Miracles, why you feel it's appropriate. Obviously, I love it. Do you love it? And if so, what does it bring to you uh, and your inner workings as you're working with patients? Basically, the course is a retraining program for our mind. The world is very materialistic. And since as a child, by our parents, our teachers in school and bosses, we are taught pretty much to react and to seek happiness and value outside of ourselves. But the course redirects that to where it really counts, which is inside of ourselves. I teach people the power of their mind. Some people are more able to grasp this and utilize it in their life, but I have to meet people where they're at. 
That's the key. And the Course in Miracles teaches us basically that what we believe leads to our thoughts and leads to our feelings, which lead to our behavior, which directly affect our health and our self-care. You know, some people are already eating organic and exercising regularly, and other people are soothing their emotions and feeling like a victim of the disease. And so I help empower people to realize that God created us and that whether they believe in God or not, life, spirit, whatever, creator. And basically we create our life by how we focus the consciousness that God gave us. We create our life by what we focus on. You know, somebody could be taking all their meds and going for radiation or chemo and yet the rest and trying to do what they feel like they need to do to help them. But the rest of the time they're thinking, oh, why did this happen to me? Why did God do this to me? Whatever. And they're living in an unhappy relationship and they're living life like a victim or not feeling worthy of love or healing. So they tend to sabotage themselves. I try to wake people up People grasp it depending on their own level of consciousness. I agree. So when it comes to healing uh, and consciousness, what do you want others to know about the power of their mind and in particular their thoughts? Because really, as a psychologist, that's what you're dealing with. Well, you know, some people already know that, that our mind affects our, our body. And others, it's a total shock because we're taught to take a pill, go for the surgery, Go for, we're not taught that our mind and how we look at things and our emotions have any power at all. But even a person with simple thing like a broken leg, you think a broken leg would heal in a, exactly the same in everyone. But an orthopedic doctor will tell you that depending on their attitude toward healing and rehab and everything, that a person with a better attitude uses less pain meds, has a better healing and more comfort afterwards versus a person who doesn't? When you start with them, I would, I'd venture to say that most people don't realize that they can heal themselves. But I know that you understand that people do have that ability. And how do you approach that or do you broach that subject of uh, healing, self-healing, even from a disease? I know you're working primarily with their mind, but do you, do you talk to them about um, that they have the power to heal themselves? I think there's very few people I can talk directly about that, but I do talk to people about even if they have a relationship, if they start being a little more assertive, they feel less stress. And that when you're less stressed, it lowers your blood pressure. You, you know, our blood vessels open, we feel better. And, you know, I know with the, I'm still shooting up insulin. It's been over 42 years, but I, over time I have used less and less insulin and the doc, doctors tell me that I'm a miracle. So, and I attribute that to my faith and my self-care practices. I teach people about health issues, you know, their diet. I teach people about using their mind and how, when they do speak up, how much better they feel, how 
their reactions change when they are taking care of themselves and they're less stressed. I mean, stress has a direct effect on our cortisol, which lowers our immune system. Actually, if you have chronic stress, your cortisol and adrenaline are elevated. You're living in constant flight or fight and or freeze. And this has a direct effect on our immune system. And when people can help people with situations in their life and reduce their stress, and it has a very positive effect on their health. So have you found it to be a challenge for some people to change their beliefs? Because that's what we're talking about and to move into healing and away from victimhood, basically. Well, some people are more willing than others, but thank God, I mean, just the fact that they're seeking therapy, it means they're ready for something. I have people who have had diagnosed with breast cancer, a lumpectomy, and and I have a lady now, she's so anxious, she's living terrified that it's going to come back. So I'm help that kind of thinking. We, you know, you don't want to feed those kind of thoughts. I help people choose their thoughts better about what they want to create to choose thoughts that I help them. A lot of people have very negative thought patterns of focusing on, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. What's going to go wrong next? We are not taught to feel worthy of good. And when something good happens, it's almost like we're braced for what it's too good. I don't deserve it or whatever. Even when thing, people have it in remission, some people don't accept that. And they're so anxious and they get depressed almost. You know, some people are very aware and articulate about their feelings and others aren't. And I, I have to speak to people where they're at. When you do that, yeah, that's fascinating because everything you're saying, I believe, is correct. But I also understand that how do you get people to focus on being fully present? Because really, honestly, the present is the only place you can make uh, any change at all. The past is gone. The, The future hasn't arrived yet. How do you get people to focus on being fully present and working with their mind to envision or project a future that is healthier? Or do you? Well, that is a nice goal, and it takes a lot of baby steps to get there, depending on where the person's at. I mean, especially if someone, uh, people get that, the diagnosis, they're they're really living in shock for a while. So, and if they've already been living with it and are involved, I have people also involved in their spouses of people who have going for ongoing cancer patients, uh, cancer treatment, radiation, or whatever, and uh, they're dealing with that. It's not easy. It, it really depends on where people are at, how aware they are. Right. And the body-mind connection, I know you must believe in that, but how do you present that to uh, the people that you assist? I point out examples in their own life. We want to feel flow and energy. And, you know, it takes energy to work on things and work on mind. So, you know, the whole idea of getting enough sleep eating enough. Some people, they're obsessed with their weight and they eat maybe one meal a day and they notice when they feel better after they eat. You want to enhance their health practices, their self-care, reaching out to people, not being isolated. And if they have a doctor they don't feel they can communicate with or the doctor's not making them feel like they met what they say or feel matters, I encourage them to get another opinion. Because you need a doctor working with you. When people deal with doctors or the system that's impersonal and makes them feel like a number or just a diagnosis, they feel invalidated, demeaned, like they don't matter. 
And we all, we're all learning that we matter. So many people don't feel that they can go against anything their doctor says. They don't feel comfortable questioning. They don't, you know, they feel like they just have to take everything that the doctor is God. When you work with patients, how do you change that or belief and, and empower them to, to stand up for themselves, whether it be a spouse or a doctor or, or anybody, really? I mean, because that's, that puts them on the road to health, doesn't it? Well, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of people who, amazingly, who have chronic illnesses who don't take the medication as prescribed because it's a side effect. It makes them sleepy, makes them feel like a zombie, or they, it makes them nauseous and they can't eat. And then because they've t- spoken to their doctor, I hear this a bunch, and their doctor just says, oh, well, let's continue it. Let's continue it. And they're like, no, they want quality of life. There's a lot of guilt. We feel guilt speaking up for ourselves, a lot of people. I find a lot of my patients feel, feel guilt speaking up give away their power to others, including their spouses. And when you live in a stressful marriage or relationship or work relationship with a boss, it tends to carry over with your doctors. If you have that same situation where you're not speaking up. So it's like little by little, I teach people to maybe speak up with their husband or wife. I have people that they feel like to be assertive is being too aggressive because they've known other people their life that they thought were assertive, but yet they were really very nasty. Some people think that being assertive is being nasty. Hey, that's how they are. They were taught that way. You know, you, it's a matter of speaking up and not feeling guilty or like you're doing something wrong because a lot of people have guilt. And you know what? Guilt, according to The Course of Miracles, guilt leads to illness. When we feel guilty, we expect punishment. And so that's the truth. Punishment, how is that affected in our life? We don't expect things to go well. We expect difficulty or we learn, oh, well, I'm getting on in age. You know, my father had this and died at this age. Oh, I guess I'm going to two. No, that doesn't have to be that way. We have a lot of creative power that we are totally out of touch with. I try to wake people up. And we are. Right. And, and because what we're in is a uh, constant fear, right? Uh, you know, it's like uh, fear, anxiety, worry, especially if there's a history of cancer or any other uh, debilitating disease in the family. People just get um, overwhelmed and they think that just because it happened to somebody else, it's going to happen to them, yes. right? So I had inmates in the, the, the prison tell me, oh, my father died at 64 of a heart attack. So I guess that's a th- same. It's going to happen to me too. I was like, huh? It was like realizing they didn't have, they were just giving away, we were brainwashed to just give away our power to, it's genetics. It's genetics. And it's like, oh, you know, and it's like, just be, and a heredity. Well, you know, maybe that's a weak link in the family, but it doesn't, doesn't mean you have to settle for it and just lay down and be a doormat for it. You could say, well, look, what, if this runs in the family, if breast cancer runs in my family, what are what are good diet practices? What are good things to do to help avoid it or lessen it, you know? And then if you have to deal with it, it comes your way. At least you know you did it. But, you know, our relationships, the stress in our life have a big effect on our health. Our body can just take so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, all of that suffering, really, all that stress that we actually create for ourselves comes from our own judgments. You know, it's like when we're judging a situation, we're telling scary stories to ourselves. I'm sure you have encountered that. 
yes, anxiety comes from, I have a lot of people, my most anxious patients are the ones that watch the news right now. And I tell my people, don't watch the news. I watch some alternative, I get some alternative stuff. But even if I get too much of that, I feel stressed. And you know, if I feel stressed, my cortisol goes up, my sugar level goes up. And it's like learning how to look at the stress, like, you know, you don't join them in the fish tank. You say, oh, there it is. There's the news again. And oh, they're reporting this now. And it's like you look at it, but you don't join them in the fish tank of having that knot in your stomach, bracing yourself, feeling, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Because we are giving away our power to that. The idea, the best thing to do right now to overcome fear, worry, doubt is to do what makes us happy. Focus on loving ourselves. I mean, we are taught to love others. And I have a lot of patients that end up putting everybody else first and feeling guilty if they don't put their family first. I'm not saying you neglect your family, but the whole idea of taking care of yourself, loving yourself is very important. Doing what makes you happy, making time for what makes you happy. A person that's loving and kind holds light in them and actually can affect their whole neighborhood, their whole state even, depending. We all have light. The idea is that when we're happy and loving and kind, it enhances our health and it enhances the world. It lifts all boats. We have free will. We create our life by the choices we make including our health. And that's the truth. I know that you enjoy Abraham Hicks pretty much as much as I do. One of the ways to create your future, the way you start is you envision something positive for 17 seconds. Tell me about that. And do you use that at all with your patients? I teach people how to do runs. Uh, It's based on Abraham Hicks. They talked about the 17 seconds that helps establishes a momentum, a 17 seconds of thinking a thought. I teach people how to do that and they notice a difference and then they keep doing it. You start off general and then you can talk directly about what you want to create or you can even just talk about the beautiful sunshine, the weather. And what it does is it helps establish a positive flow. And the longer you do it, the better. I've had people doing it to their job where they normally hit traffic and they're doing like, you know, isn't it wonderful? Yeah, they time it on their little phone, whatever. But, you know, isn't it wonderful what a beautiful day it is? Isn't it wonderful that I'm surrounded with safe drivers? What beautiful trees that I see around me. The, the sky is blue. Isn't it wonderful that the sky is blue? And, you know, I just teach people to go on and on and on like that. When you do that, you are actually creating that. You're creating that uh, frequency, which is a very high vibration. And that is, it's the law of attraction at work, right? What you put out is what you get back. Yes. So every time you're, you're creating or you're thinking a positive thought, that's what you're projecting to the universe. That is what comes back to you. And when you have cancer or a disease like that, you don't want to be focused on your disease. Believe me, you want to be focused on being well and feeling well and having a wonderful day. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And uh, it works. Yes. And it's like teaching 
like even patients say, isn't it wonderful that when I see my doctor, I'm going to walk out of that office smiling. Isn't it wonderful that I'm taking good care of myself? I'm speaking up more. I'm, I'm speaking up in a way that I'm seeing the results in my life and I'm just feeling better. My relationships are improving. My, my health feels better. I feel calmer and more at peace. You're establishing a baseline for wellness, right? Yes. When you're doing that, and you're rooting out at the same time, I believe you're rooting out the, you're circumventing the beliefs that are negative, that take you down, that create disease. Yes. And I think that's really important. It's all about sin. Like, you know, we're programmed from the get-go to think that we're sinful, that, you know, we're fearful. When you extrapolate from there, it just, you create problems for yourself. But when you do the uh, Abraham Hicks exercise, you're creating everything in the flow for yourself, correct? Yes, I have a lot of people brought up with a, the idea of sin. And, you know, sin is, you know, we're taught it as a little kid. And even if we don't believe in it intellectually, it almost feels like it's in our roots. And we still react that way and we don't even know it. And sin implies eternal damnation and guilt. But yet, really, it's about we just made some mistakes when you make a mistake, you correct it and you move on. I have a lot of people living in the past, looking at the mistakes they've made, poor marriages or poor health or smoking so many years and which led to their not realize, not taking care of themselves and all that or drinking so much that they lost marriages, whatever. And it's like, we, like you said before, the power is in the present moment. And if they I can see, I help them see that as lessons, opportunities to learn and deal with the challenge. And maybe it, we don't deal with it the first time, but we move on. And now they're ready to look at it differently. And it is painful. And we, we, we're letting go of a false concept, a false embedded belief that we thought. And it was part of us. And in a way, we could realize, you know what? I don't want this anymore. This is not loving. I want to learn to love myself. I, I don't need to think that I'm just a miserable sinner, that I'm a sinner, that I, I, there's something wrong with me or I deserve anything bad. I don't. I'm going to start learning to love myself. And that's reflected in that we have to have balance in our life, how we think, how we feel, what we eat, whether we exercise, all of this, this who we hang out with, you know, how we live. You know, um, what do we do with our time off? All of this involves self-care and self-care impacts our health. And it's people, it takes a while for some people to get to the point where they realize their mind actually affects their body and they could do a run like that. They have to get to the point where they actually ex accept that they can actually use the consciousness that their attention, what they pay attention to and focus on actually has an effect on their life. But you know what? I try doing things like that with little things and people do see the difference. So then they're learning, they're, they're getting empowered, you know, step by step. Right. And that is good advice for anyone because it, it, you know, you don't change your mind overnight. It took years for these programs to become embedded in our subconscious mind, but basically you're working with the subconscious all the time, right? I mean, really that's what you're doing is helping people yes. root, bring things up so they can see right. it consciously, be aware of it so right. they can flip it. And, and now is a very powerful time. Great light is coming into the world right now. We're going through a transition. And so what's happening for people now is there's a lot of 
self-condemnation coming up in people because the negative, just like in society we see, the negative within each of us is coming up to be transmuted. And we need to look at that with love and compassion and realize, you know, this made sense to me at one point, but now it no longer makes sense. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to live like a victim. I don't want to live not speaking up. I don't want to live feeling like I don't matter. I do matter. And it helps a lot. I've had people that were pretty much uh, poorly parented, to say it mildly, growing up. And what's wonderful is they have grandchildren and they realize, you know what, I'm, or they're their own children. They realize, you know what, I didn't like that when I was treated that way. I'm going to help my, I'm not going to treat my children or grandchildren like that. And they help them speak up a little and open to love. This is opening to love. We have been taught that love is weak and for mothers and their children. It's just a weak overdoing it, but it's not. Love is actually very powerful. Love actually can heal us. Love is very healing. Love is what heals. There's no question about it. When people love themselves, they don't tolerate people abusing them or speaking up badly. And when we take action and, and with things in our lives, it empowers us, especially our health. And our happiness, because our mental mental health and emotional health has a direct impact on our physical health. It does. It does. And I'll tell you, another thing that plays into it, of course, besides love, well, is forgiveness. But forgiveness is love. Whenever you forgive somebody else, you're actually forgiving yourself. That takes the guilt out of you. That takes the bad feeling out of you and you start feeling better. And I'll tell you, it really is healing. Forgiveness to realize we really are one. We're moving toward a unity consciousness instead of division. And in order, like my father was a very angry alcoholic. And I actually, it was very difficult. When I grew to accept that my father, given all that he went through, was doing the best he could. And I had to realize, you know, he wasn't waking up saying, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be angry today and treat everybody like crap and yell and scream. No, it was he didn't have the ability to cope and he didn't have the ability to manage stress. Why? Probably because he thought that he had to put up with it and feeling like a victim. And how dare he speak up and deal with things, bosses or parents or school, people that beat you. It's like they learn that. Given what he grew up with, he was doing the best he could. And it's like it helped me to truly forgive him. When somebody does something wrong, we have been taught to be angry and blame them and say, oh, look at them. They told they shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't have done that or they did this. And it really we end up having to repeat that lesson over and over and over because life holds a mirror to us and it reflects exactly what we need inside of us to be healed. And so really, when we get angry at another person, that person is part of the challenge to reflect and say, what am I angry at inside? Am I angry at myself? What, what's going on inside of me? And to stop projecting it outside in the world and deal with it. And then you know what? When you deal with it, you stop attracting angry people. It sounds oversimplified that way, but it's the truth. That's how it works. You work uh, using the tenets of A Course in Miracles. Just what do you have to say about who we really are and how you see everyone and how that's that can be so healing. If you just change your mind and shift your thinking a little bit to, to see love. I love The Course in Miracles. The Course in Miracles, I feel healing from it. And the light of God inside of us. We all have that. And it's The Course in Miracles teaches us really that God is within us. 
and that light and the love of God is within all people. That kind of attitude gives you a wholeness and a, an ability to love others better and forgive them and not get bothered by them. You're less vulnerable to garbage. And the whole idea too, there's like different frequencies or levels of vibration and low vibration is being depressed, angry, afraid, whatever. And then a higher vibration is kind of, you know, being never mind love and happiness, but it's, or optimism, whatever. It's like you tend to look at people and not get so involved in their drama. It's knowing the light is in with each of us. And it, people, I try to help people recognize that light. It's been numbed out of them. I help people look at things differently. You know, if you change the way you look at things, as Wayne Dyer said, you the things you look at change. And it's so true. And that's why they don't feel like they matter. And to help them learn that they matter, you know, and but it takes decades and decades for some to realize they were living in patterns, relationships and marriages, and they were taught they had to put up with things they didn't like. Right. And then to wake up and realize, no, I don't like this. In COVID, a lot of, with COVID, the whole light going up and everything, the isolation, it actually caused people to go within. And there was a lot, I saw a lot of people that realized, you know what, I've been with my husband or my wife for all these years. And you know what, now that we're both working home or we're living home or we're not commuting to the job, I don't really like this person. And people have moved on to try to, and it's actually, it's a good thing. If they're not happy, people need to move on. Absolutely. Patricia, do you have any final comments about how people can put cancer behind them or just improve their overall health by learning to manage their minds? Our health is enhanced and our life is enhanced to live in a lower level of fear, anxiety, despair, worry, depression is a very negative state and it's very stressed. It's like living in constant flight or fight or freeze. And it has a negative effect on our health versus learning to look at things differently and to feel love, peace, calm, optimism, you know, learning to speak up appropriately when if something doesn't go your way, learning from the challenges life brings to us. Like, what can I learn from this? I don't like this, but I'm going through it. What can I do about it to help my life? It's actually learning to take more responsibility for our life through watching how we think and how we feel. But it's first I got to get people to buy in and realize that how we think and feel affects our health. And some people automatically know that and other people are, you know, we're taking baby steps if they're open to it. You know, everybody's where they're at and that's fine. Well, I, I just want to say how wonderful it is that you you bring all of this insight to each and every patient because it's truly healing and I'm sure it has helped many of them. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, Maria. And. Thanks a lot. And if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about your practice or just communicate with you, what is the best way for them to reach you? Well, I have an email, which is Dr. Patricia Griffin, which is D-R-P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-G-R-I-F-F-I-N at yahoo.com. Excellent. And thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to Put Cancer Behind You with Maria Barnes. 
so you won't miss a single episode. We hope you'll follow our program on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite pod platforms. And be sure to visit us at mariabarnes.net, on Facebook at Put Cancer Behind You, on Twitter at PCBY01, or on Instagram at mariabarnespcby. Also, you can help us grow our audience by leaving a thoughtful review. Remember, if you or someone you know is in need of cancer coaching, Maria is here to help. We'll see you next time. Copyright 2022, Maria Barnes, LLC, all rights reserved.